Hello and welcome to Living Legends Local. I am Chris Lombardi and I'm here today with Kieran Bruin. Kieran is a good friend of mine. We grew up together in Hopewell Junction, New York. Uh, we've been friends for about 15 years. And Kieran is one of the first people I wanted to speak to on this podcast because I wanted to let the people know somebody really special out there that is doing really remarkable, remarkable things uh, in our local community. Um, and he has some, some big dreams and aspirations for our community. Um, so uh, welcome, Kieran. Hey, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me on. So, so, Kieran, I just wanted to maybe start by giving the listeners a little bit of background on who you are, where you're from, and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so, again, my name is Kieran, uh, and uh, Chris and I, as he said, know each other for about 15 years. I think we knew each other even before that. Um, but, yeah, we go back a, a ways. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm 27 years old. I've lived uh, all my life in the Mid-Hudson Valley in New York. And, uh, you know, I have uh, cystic fibrosis. That's one of the uh, things that I have to deal with. Um you know, I was born with that. I was diagnosed at around like seven months. Uh, yeah, about seven months, and because uh, I was going through what they call failure to thrive, so it just means I wasn't really growing. Uh, so my parents, uh, you know, recognized obviously that was a problem and got me checked out. Um, so thankfully, at the age of 27, I'm uh, thank God very healthy. Uh, my lung function is, you know, you know, almost pretty much identical to somebody who doesn't have CF, so, um, so, you know, definitely, you know, have a lot of things to be thankful for, and, uh, you know, now I, you know, I went to grad school, and, uh, just recently finished up last year, so now, you know, I work a private sector job, and in my spare time, I like to, uh, you know, exercise and be physically fit, and, you know, every so often, I usually do a fundraiser for, uh, for a cystic fibrosis-related cause, it's, you know, definitely something that's given me, uh, a lot of meaning and purpose and uh, something I think I will continue to do going forward. So That was great. So there was a lot of stuff in there. You know, you talked about growing up with cystic fibrosis and then you talked a lot about um, kind of what you're doing today. But let's go back to those like beginning years, maybe talk a little bit about your youth. So, you know, how was it growing up in the 90s with cystic fibrosis? What What challenges did you face then that maybe aren't uh, kids with cystic fibrosis don't face today? Uh, yeah, definitely a really good question. Um, so, you know, yeah, so, I mean, I grew up, so I was born in 92, so I actually more remember the early 2000s than I did the 90s, even though I do have, you know, blips, obviously. Um, you know, one thing about the 90s that was definitely, you know, kind of scary was, um, you know, it wasn't too long ago, but even then, medicine, I think, for people with CF was very crude, in a sense, where, um, it just weren't as a wide variety of treatments as there are now. And the treatments, to be honest, that they had at the time just really weren't that effective or that great. Um, I remember, you know, one of the things that I have to do is a, uh, a, uh, like a percussion, uh, a respiratory vest. And it's like a, uh, I don't know how else to describe it. It's like a vest that fits your upper body and your chest like a glove. And you basically hook, get hooked up to a machine. Um, and the old way it used to be was the vest was actually inflatable and the machine was almost just basically a compressor and it inflated the vest and then had little pumps 
on the inside that would, I guess would pump the air so that it would just cause you know uh, vibrations. And in doing that, it would, you know it shakes up your upper body. Now um, they've since gotten light years with that. I mean that thing, that stupid thing was so heavy. It was like uh, you know probably seventy five pounds. The machine that actually oh my gosh. Uh, did that. Yeah, yeah, and it was not very portable. It was probably like half the size of your nightstand. I mean, it was just, it was terrible. Um, but at that time, that was advanced technology, and this is the '90s. Uh, you know, that's back when a cell phone used to be the size of like you know a textbook. <laughs> um, so it wasn't just cell phones that were like that. But um, yes, yeah, so I mean, you know, now it, and, and as a point to how far they've come, now they have what they call the Monarch Vest that I use. And it's actually portable, and it doesn't use um, it's it's all mechanical parts. It's no longer uh, in a like there's no compressor part that I have to link. It's literally just a vest that is is portable. It's bad, and uh, I can literally walk around. It almost looks like a vest that the soldiers in Call of Duty or something wear. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, it, and it, it's fairly heavy. It's about twenty five pounds or might be a little more. But um, but it's just amazing, you know. I can just basically walk around the house, like if I wanted to, I could even walk around the side with it, um, and it shakes up my vest that way. So, I mean, it's really just. And then you know, I could go on and on. I mean, even when it comes to operations and procedures I had as a kid versus, I mean, a lot of the the, the in doctor appointment or in office procedures that I get now, um, you know associated with uh, my sciences and polyps and stuff like that. I mean, they can just do mini procedures in the office now that, you know, back in the 90s would have required an extensive surgery. So it's wow. really just amazing. How, yeah, it's really just amazing how far it's come, how um, as a result of a lot of these innovations, not only is life expectancy, but uh, almost equally as important life quality, quality of life has really gone up. So is that just due to procedures, or is there other things like medicine that has changed as well during your lifetime? You spoke about life expectancy. Um, ha- has the medicine influenced that, or like what's what's helping that the most? Uh, I'd say it's, a, it's definitely a mixture of both. Probably more strongly the medicine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the ease of treatments now has definitely made quality of life go up. In regards to life expectancy, to be more specific to your point, uh, Chris, it was it's definitely medicine. I mean, you know, they have, um, you know, people, they're, you know, they they no longer have basically CF. It's kind of actually spectacular what they're, what they're doing. So it's, um, you know, a lot of the symptoms have been dramatically alleviated. So, and, and there's other medicines in the pipeline, too. I mean, so there's this other medicine called Polizine which I use frequently, and it's a inhaled antibiotic, uh, similar to how you take a B-roll, and um, it you know, thins the mucus in, in your lungs, and I believe that came out in the 90s. And uh, that alone made a big difference and was probably responsible for increasing the average life expectancy. So it's, it's, amazing. You know, it's really, yeah, I mean, they're really just getting to a point where this is going to be, you know, just as treatable as, you know, other illnesses like you know like diabetes and stuff like that are not in any way to make light of those other illnesses but more just to say that there's plenty of people with those illnesses who live long and happy lives and i definitely think cystic fibrosis into being that very that very similar of a type of condition yeah that's that's amazing it's it's been amazing to see 
um, kind of how you've how you've grown over these years and how you know the the different things that have come up with CF have really just kind of been uh, amazing for you and, and and your community. But you know I know that cystic fibrosis, even though it's a big part of who you are, there's there's a, a lot of other things. So I want to talk about a lot of those too. So maybe talk to me about like your um, your college years. Like what what did you study in school? Um, you know, what did you get your, uh, I know you have a master's degree, so what did you get that in and, and why? Yeah, uh, so I went to mostly local schools. Uh, I went to Dutch's community. Uh, you know, I, I did start my college education still in the full swings of the, the Great Recession. So it was 2011 when I started. So I went to my local community college for my first two years and got my full associates from there. Um, and then I went to, I pretty much stuck to state school for all my education. I, I mean, just even, just even talking about like going to a community college, you know, I think, you know, people, people shy away from doing that, but the, the advantage of doing it are just tremendous, right? So like oh, yeah. you get to save oh, yeah. so much money, you still get the education and, probably all of your credits transferred if not most right yeah i mean thankfully if you're in a state like new york uh you know the suny system the state university of new york system is uh you know we're pretty lucky here it's pretty robust um you know other states like pennsylvania massachusetts connecticut uh california just to name a few uh, texas you know they, they all have pretty robust they're all pretty lucky that they have very robust um state schools i know not every state does so you know it's definitely not something if you live in one of those states uh you want to take for granted um and you know it's what you make of it you know i think a lot of people look at community college as like oh man it's just like high school all over again you know and you know and if that's the way you want to view it that's the way it's going to be right um you know there are also plenty of people who they just went there for class and then they got in their car and they drove home or they went to their job or whatever, which was, you know, kind of what I did. But I also got involved in student activities and stuff like that and met new people. And, you know, again, it's, it's just really one of those things that you make of it, you know. Yeah. And, um, I, and I know you made the most. So, you know, you, you use that degree. You got your associates. And what would you do next? Uh, so well, then I went to see Banting. Uh which was, you know, not an easy school to get into. Um, definitely was a challenging place for me. Um, but I went there. I originally wanted to get a bit. I actually wanted to get my undergrad in business. So I have a master's in business now, which, you know, I'll get to in a minute. But, but my original goal was to get um, into the business school at Bansing. So I applied there, and they gave me a conditional uh, acceptance, but they were going to take me as a political science major. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'll, I'll you know, get a political science degree. You know, I'll go in, I'll start in poli-sci, and I'll transfer into business school. That'll be easy, right? Well, <laughs> you know, I don't know what I was thinking because I decided to also take Arabic. Uh, so, you know, I guess I was a little overconfident in my, in my capabilities. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, I can still say a few phrases. I can say hello in Arabic and stuff. That's really about it. Um, <laughs> And, and I think I know how to say my name in Arabic, but that remains to be uh, seen. But, you know, I think that's also an indicator of how I did that first semester as a result. So, so long as the end of it was, I was basically, uh, you know, I went to dancing and, and I, I stayed in my major that I transferred into. I was, uh, I graduated as a political science major. Um, 
So, you know, then I did an internship on Capitol Hill that I was able to get some connections for. And, and uh, you know, for the, the next few years, I, um, while earning my graduate degree and taking the steps that I needed to for that, I also worked for uh, the state of New York and I worked in, uh, as, a, as a public servant, so to speak, as a staffer for um, an assemblyman in, uh, in New York. So. Um, definitely was a busy past few years, but I knew that wasn't where I wanted to stay. I definitely did not want to stay in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, I viewed it as more of a stop along the road. So, uh, it, you know, so that was really what I did to then, you know, uh, work for as a job from like 2015 through 2019 up to last year. And, uh, I finished my MBA. I, I got a, an MBA at SUNY New Paltz here in Hudson Valley. And uh, I did that at night, and uh, yeah, and then I got a, now I work at, for a medical tech firm based in uh, Greenwich, Connecticut, so. Uh, it's amazing. So and, it seems like it yeah. seems like you have a lot of different experiences that happened after high school by, you know, going to community college and then being able to transfer to, uh, you know, Binghamton and getting your bachelor's degree and then getting a master's degree in business. Um, and, mm-hmm. and you had some, you know, some, some jobs that, uh, probably most people have never, you know, themselves stepped into. It's pretty unique that you were able to do that. So, I mean, just, just coming out of that, what, what, are, what are your next steps? What are your next goals in life? What things do you want to achieve with all of that experience that you now have? Um, it's a good question. You know, I, I'm kind of a believer in, you know, definitely fate to a certain extent. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes... You know, when you're in situations that you obtain all these odd skills, you know, like I definitely over the years, you know, I've, I know how to campaign, for example, um, more in the political sense, but, you know, there's always a financial sense to that too. Fundraising is very, very important. Um, you know, and, and although I think I'm starting to back off of politics, um, at least working in it or campaigns or anything like that of that nature, you know, I really have found a bit of a drive and a motivation to you know, help fundraise for nonprofits that really need help, especially, you know, I've been doing it mostly for cystic fibrosis related ones because of my obvious connection to uh, CF. So, you know, I definitely kind of look to my past and feel like that's really helped me, you know, if that's going to be my future, you know, in, in an odd way, I feel like my past has very um, well equipped me for, for that endeavor. So, you know, that's definitely a goal I'd like to continue. Um, you know, and, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe further down the road, you know, you know, I found a charitable thing myself. You know, it really depends. You know, I, I looked to a lot of earlier parts of my life and, you know, um, it, was, it was definitely a struggle to get everything done. You know, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it if it wasn't for the immense support of my family and, and friends. Um, but, you know, I, I have many times myself, uh, oh, my God, I wonder how hard this would have been for somebody in my shoes who didn't have, like, family or you know, friends or anything like that. So, you know, I definitely, you know, looking at my future, would definitely like to do, you know, more charitable work in a way where kind of paying it forward to people who didn't make it as far as I did. Or, you know, um, I think a really good phrase that I heard once was that sometimes when you take an elevator to the top, you always the people on the first floor to send it back down to them. I like that. I like that. 
not to in any way, you know, I, I think I'm still an average guy. I don't, you know, I'm not saying that in any way. As if to say, I feel like I've gotten to the penthouse just yet, but. Um, you're on yeah, the second or third floor. Come on, you're working. Yeah, you're working yeah, yeah. now. There. So let's talk a little yeah, bit about your. Um... Twenty flights to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just talking a little bit about what you've done for cystic fibrosis since you graduated college. I know you've done a few fundraisers and you've been able to achieve some pretty amazing things. So, you know, one of which was doing um, a half tough mutter, and you recently completed a half marathon. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. So. Um... Yeah, you know, so I believe I believe you helped me out with the with that first endeavor. Yes, sir. By the way, um, and uh, we got funny pictures of all of us uh, <laughs> before and after in particular. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, those are definitely two. You know, and I think you know they definitely progressed in difficulty. Um, you know, the half tough mutter, uh, not so easy in any regard, but it certainly wasn't as exhausting as actually the. Uh, um, uh, the half marathon was. I think it just goes to show that people would rather go through the hell of running through mud and, you know, or just running in general. Yeah, just running straight. Start. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of ironic, actually, but, I mean, you know, it's funny. When you start running, you just get this thing in your head. At first, when you run, you're like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't want to do this. <laughs> so... Um, you know, I definitely, you know, I, and, and yeah, so I just, I think we did the tough, the half tough mutter back in 2017, and then, you know, just like last month, I did the, uh, the half marathon, well, I kind of did, so unfortunately, because of the crisis we're going through, um, I wasn't able to do it in Manhattan, which is where it was supposed to be for the Boomer Science and Foundation, um, so instead, but you know, what I decided to do was, I was just like, you know what, like, you know, they canceled the race, whatever, okay, fine. But I said to myself, they still sent me the gear. I still raised it. And I got in shape and fit for this. And, you know, I sacrificed going out numerous times. There were many days where I was tired, but I still went to the gym. I just said to myself, you know, I got in shape for this. I don't know when I'll be in shape like this again. Um, you, know, probably, you know, probably fairly soon, but still. So I was like, I'm still going to run this. So I ran it up here in the safety of the Hudson Valley at the time, we hadn't been hit too hard yet with with COVID nineteen. So um, I ran it up here, and, and uh, it definitely was really challenging. Um, you know, one thing I was slightly worried about was running that long of a distance with the allergens in the air that might be. But thankfully, I don't think the pollen had really started to be released yet because that's definitely something I'm sensitive to. But um, but you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it felt amazing when I finished it. I'll tell you that. But uh, <laughs> I've definitely been taking a break from running these these past few weeks, aside from running maybe one mile a day or something like that. I don't know. So. That's great, man. And I mean, I, I don't know if you've looked into this, and I, I haven't yet. But um, are you aware of how many people with CF have achieved running a half marathon or or a full marathon? I uh, you know I haven't. I do know it's becoming more of a common thing. Um. You know, I definitely think a lot of the stories I've read about and stuff like that, and I've seen, you know, the Boomer Size Foundation highlights a lot of people like that. Um, and, and, yeah, it's definitely becoming more common, I think. I think a lot of people with CF are developing similar at, uh, mind, you know, aspects to myself where, you know, we just remember when things were so much worse and the outlook was so bleak. You know, and then and it's not really the case for us anymore. So I think a lot of people of, of 
of CFers, so to speak. Um, you know, I think we're getting out there just trying to prove that you know this uh, uh, the you know the the error of this being known as a fatal disease is thankfully coming to a close, and we're doing everything we can to demonstrate that. Yes, you are, and that's that's truly amazing. And I mean. Uh, I don't know if you're comfortable sharing this, but I, I know you've raised a lot of money the last few years for CF. Um, do you mind sharing how much you, you've been able to achieve by doing that? Um, yeah, I can give rough estimates. It's probably been about over, maybe about close to $10,000 in the past two years. Myself. But I know my family, you know, both my older sisters, you know, I'm the youngest of three. I have two older sisters. Um, each one of them, now, and, you know, you, you know, have, have, they've been having children and stuff. So, you know, their um, their focuses now are you know a little different than mine. And they were younger and they were in college. Um, they for longer than I have um, were doing CF fundraisers, and I know. I mean through my family and then a lot of friends of our family and stuff, you know, it's been tens of thousands of dollars well, well above um, over the course of my life. So, you know, I've definitely been very blessed in that regard. And, um, you know, that's the thing. When I was younger, I, I didn't really, you know, I admit, I think I didn't really get too involved because I was trying to, you know, I, the way I looked at it back then, especially as a kid, was, well, I already know I have CF. I don't want to be reminded of it every day. You know, I was being reminded of it through the symptoms, but right. but you know, once both of my older sisters started to move on, because they, they were starting to have families, of their own stuff, and then my health miraculously, you know, st- you know, started to get better. You know, I, I just said to myself, well, you know, I guess you know, I'd be neglecting a responsibility, so to speak, if I if I didn't kind of carry on their mantle. So you know, so I you know, I've only done two fundraisers that I specifically have have organized, and you know, it's been. You know, close to ten thousand dollars. It must be a little under between the two of them, but I'm definitely planning on getting that number up. Great, and I mean, for anybody that's listening that might want to donate, is there is there a place that they can go and do so? Uh, yeah, there's a link. I don't know if you're gonna like if you post it on like a web page or something like that. However, you're gonna be spreading this. Is mm-hmm. there's a link? I you know I don't know. My cause you can still donate to it. Okay. But, you know, I can definitely give the organizations, you know, there's the Boomer Esiason Foundation, which is an excellent foundation. So I ran for them most recently. This There's, of course, the Sisters Foundation, um, which is, you know, accredited as being one of the most transparent and well-run um, profit illness, you know, in, in the country. I know they, they are constantly getting recognitions for that, where... You know, a very high budget every dollar you donate to them actually goes to um, to cystic fibrosis related, you know, like medicines and pipelines and treatments. So I know in particular, especially the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation is just great with, you know, the, there's that very direct that they spend the money that they fundraise um, to the benefit of the people in the CF community. So... Perfect. Um, perfect. You know, don't donate to your local chapters for either one of those two organizations. Would definitely, you know, yeah, you know, any little bit helps. Great. So I'm just gonna try to finish this off. I know, I know it's late. Uh, just two, two last questions. The first one, yeah. you know, especially because you have, uh, you know, CF and and it's a little specific. But are there any, are there any tools or 
things that you've used throughout your life that have really helped you with CF that maybe somebody might not know about with CF and that could be helpful for them, whether it's, uh, you know, a specific treatment that you use um, or even even something for your mental. Um, is there anything that you would recommend? Um, I, mean, I don't think anything I've personally discovered that's not already well known, but I can definitely speak to a few things. Um, you know, I definitely think, you know, one of the things that I do to really stay on track, you know, the amount of medicine, like orally, that we have to take is just unbelievable. We take so many pills every day. It's, uh, I don't even want to count it. But, uh, and those of you who have CF or listen to this, you know what I'm referring to. So one big thing that I've been doing for the past few years, and it's really helped me keep on track with all my medical, um, with all my medications, is, you know, I got a pill organizer. You know, I know usually people 65 and plus use them. But, uh, you know, they definitely also help you know, young people with illness as well. So, you know, so every Sunday night, I just lay out all my medicine. I, um, you know, I just put, you know, whatever I have to in, in the morning or nighttime one. And, uh, you know, that, that's definitely made a dramatic increase in uh, um, making sure that I don't miss my medical treatments. Um, at least, again, not necessarily my medicines, excuse me. So, so that's definitely made a huge impact. Um, and then when it comes to, you know, self-care, you know, I definitely think, you know, exercising, exercising, exercising is a big one. Uh, you know, I first started working out, actually, that's cool. And you know, that's where, you know, our friend Alan got me into going to the gym. And, um, you know, that's, that, that really started me and I maintained gym membership ever since. And I never, I never had all the things that I did. I saw such a dramatic increase in my quality of life. As when I started, actually, yeah, I went from being a kid who played video games all day to, you know, maybe playing video games once or twice a week, but most, you know, in my free time going to the gym or running. And, and just my lung capacity, everything just increased as a result of that. So I can't stress that enough. Uh, and then maybe the other two things that I'll just throw in there too, you know, definitely two things I do. Sometimes I'm for about 10, 15 minutes, so something as little as that before I go to bed. Um, there's definitely apps out there. Them. But, but uh, you know, that I use for meditation that are really good. So, they're on the store and, and the Apple store. Um, and I would say also, you know, sometimes if you're really stiff, if you're really sore, you need physical therapy, getting a buzz or stuff like that, that does wonders. Or going to a chiropractor, any one of those two, that can really go, you know, if you're getting extra. It's also it's a great stress relief too. So, uh, so I definitely think all those things are definitely what I personally do on a regular basis, and they definitely uh, um, difference. I think in mind and my overall being. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for that. And I mean, uh, you know, I know Kieran, you post a lot of videos yourself on your Instagram, your personal account. Um, so maybe we can get your Instagram um, tags that I could share with with my audience as well. So if anyone with with CS, CF or anyone otherwise wants to give you a follow, they can do so. Um, but last question, Kieran. So what is your spirit animal? Oh, this is of course a tough one. Um, well, I have two animals. I'm going to give you one. I'm not going to be a fence sitter on this. Uh, but there's, there's, it always comes down to two animals that I really think of. But yeah, at the end of the day, I always 
have to say it's really just um, uh, the eagle. So I've uh, felt a connection. You know, I can't even completely tell you why. Um, <laughs> it's it's just you know it's uh, it's it's you know it just symbolizes a lot to me and you know I think in particular a lot of it is you know perseverance and just you know having you know the ability you know to, to fly and spread your wings and you know do whatever you want and that's you know so um, I'm not going to try and get any more cliche than that so <laughs> all right perfect <laughs> well Kieran thank you so much for taking the time today to speak to me and speak to my listeners. Um, we're really happy to have you on. That was, that was an awesome story. Uh, and I can't wait to do it again in 15 years so that we can, we can see where, where, where everything ended up for you. So I'm not going to hear from you in 15 years, right? My listeners might not. You'll hear from me probably tomorrow. <laughs> okay. All right. And I just want to give a special uh, shout-out to all of the healthcare workers right now. Uh, you know, yes, we appreciate what you're doing. Um, so thank you all. And we're all washing our hands for you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, again, thank you, Kieran. Uh, appreciate your time. I'm going to stop recording now. <laughs>